This podcast features explicit language and spoilers. Welcome to Better Late Than Never, a movie podcast where I invite a friend to watch a blockbuster, cult favorite, or otherwise culturally significant film that they've never seen before. After we watch the movie, my guest will decide if it was better late, like they've been missing out by not having seen the film, or never. The movie just didn't live up to the hype for them. My name is Dave, and I'm your host. Today, I'm joined by my friend Drew, and we're going to be discussing a movie that neither of us have seen before, Heathers. Drew? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, Dave. Always a pleasure. So, Drew Heathers, this is a movie from 1988. You haven't seen it. I have not. Why? Uh, I hadn't honestly heard of this film. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, wasn't on my radar. So, it hasn't been hyped for you? You don't have any sense of the movie or anything? Uh, my sense is that it is a chick flick. Hmm. And I, uh, I'm... I think I'm jumping to that conclusion based on the title. Uh-huh. Heather. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a girl's name. It is a girl's name. Heather is a girl's name. Last I checked. Yes. Yeah. Unless things have changed. Not to my knowledge. Uh, but yeah, no. So I, I, I have no... I don't have a lot of uh, information or expectations around this film other than what I just stated. Hmm. Well, I think I know a little bit more about this movie than you, but I will say that... Um, while I don't believe this is a chick flick, this has struck me as a movie where more women have seen it than men, kind of like a traditional girls movie, the same way boys like to watch Terminator 2, girls have all seen Heathers. Okay. It's like, uh, it's sort of like Labyrinth. I don't know a single woman who hasn't seen Labyrinth. Similarly, I feel like every woman I know has seen Heathers. Okay. But, um, you know, given that, I feel like we should really be getting a female perspective on this movie. Yeah, but I don't think we know any females. I don't think I know any women. Have you met any women? Uh, I've never met a woman before. No, that's 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 not true. But, but it's uh, barely an exaggeration. <laughs> what are we going to do? What, Wait, what's there's that? someone at the door. What? Hello? H hello? Aaron? Hey guys, what's up? Hey, Erin. What a bizarre coincidence. Yeah, I happened to be in the neighborhood. Um, I was just walking my cat outside. <laughs> well, you and your cat should come in because uh, I can't believe we forgot about Erin, Drew. We know Erin. Yeah, Erin's a woman. I am. I'm a woman. Why do you ask? Well, we need a female's perspective about this film that we're discussing. And uh -huh. wouldn't you like to join our... What discussion movie? here the movie's heathers oh i love that movie told you so you've seen it of course have you seen labyrinth Aaron? i may have all the words to that movie memorized mm. Mm -hmm. mm. yeah yeah well okay well in that case Aaron, i guess you're gonna be our resident has seen it today well that's fun i feel so powerful all the power rests i feel in like i today. have all the power yeah well all right Aaron, you have seen this movie. Yes. Have you seen it many times, once? Definitely more than once. I would say many times. What's your history with the film? Well, my, actually, my boyfriend in college introduced it to me. And uh, so the first time I saw it was in college. I was like, wow, this movie's so cool. It's subversive. Yeah. And it just kind of became a classic in my, I think I had it on VHS, actually. It was part of my VHS library, so I would call upon it from time to time for a rewatch. Say, maybe seen it 10 times. Wow. Wow. Okay. And do you think it's accurate to say that this is a movie where 
either women see this a lot or at the very least more than men do? Uh, well, like I said, it was a man who introduced me. True. I think it's, um, it's hard to say. I don't, I don't, it's not really a chick flick, so. Yeah, I. I not even a little bit. Okay. I like, do disagree with Drew <laughs> on my expectations in that regard. All right. Well, I guess you can hear my predictions on what mm-hmm. we're going to see. Sure. And um, you can uh, remember them for afterwards. And we'll go over how accurate they are. I am excited. Speaking just for myself, my impressions of this film are linked to two things in the past. So the first one is, I feel like this movie came up a lot kind of around when Columbine happened. Because this movie is somehow associated with school shootings or school violence. Okay. Whenever one of those school shootings used to happen back when we were of high school age, people would talk about violence in movies and the movie Heathers or the Basketball Diaries mm-hmm. or I don't know what else, but it's uh, been associated in my mind as a film with school violence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, I tend to hear about it as kind of a prelude to Mean Girls. Mm. So when Mean Girls came out, I heard reviews of that movie as kind of like an updated Heathers or, you know, it's it's sort of like Heathers in a way. And so I'm kind of like, okay, so maybe there's sort of like a clicky girl's power struggle going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how to react to your predictions. Well, you got a good poker face. We don't want to give too much away. Okay. We're just, we're setting it down now just to make sure we can come back to them later. Sure. It's strictly no spoilers I... here at this point. <laughs> okay. Well, I would like to just make an observation I think is kind of cool. Yeah. I think we, at the very baseline, know this is a movie about high school. Yep. So what's kind of fun is that the three of us actually went to high school together. That is how we know each other. That so, makes this special. Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of an interesting, I don't know, just an interesting point of reflection. We can talk about our high school experience. And how uh, similar it was to the movie we're about to watch. Right. I'm willing to bet this movie is exactly like what high school was for us. Put that down. Write that one down as a prediction. I'm writing that down. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. What else? Um, I know that Winona Ryder's in it. Correct. And I know there is a boy in it, and I think it's Christian Slater, but I could also be getting it confused with, what is it, Pump Up the Volume, the movie where he has the boombox over his head? Or is that John Cusack? That's, That's John, John Cusack. Cusack. Come on. All right. Get out, come on. Leave me alone. I'm, I've got a terrible memory here. All right. So I'm, going, I'm sticking with Christian Slater. Okay. Or is it John Cusack? I don't know. Oh, fuck. We're certainly going to find out. And yeah, after are. this movie, I would like you to reflect on who do you think would play that role the best. So put that down. Between those two? Yes. Mm-hmm. John Cusack, Christian Slater. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, man. I used to love Winona Ryder. I mean, I guess I still oh, do. Oh, yeah. Me too. I had a huge girl crush on her. Such a crush I on thought her. she was the coolest. I wanted to be her. Yeah, she is the coolest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's similar kind of like with the uh, Christina Ricci, Wednesday Adams crush. Sure. Those pale, gothy girls. Mm-hmm. You know? It was, mm-hmm. it was a thing. It was a thing back in those days. And- I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm assuming that this film engages with some sort of broader social context. Like, I don't think it's going to be strictly like a rom-com, you know, it's not going to be a she's all that kind of thing. I'm expecting something maybe a little more, not like, you know, a full-on drama, but maybe something slightly engaged. A little deeper than that. A little deeper than that. Kind of speaking to some social issues as opposed to, you know, lighthearted Right. Yeah. I expect it to be funny, but like kind of a black humor. I do not know how I'm supposed to react to these. You don't have to, you don't have to con- worry about giving it away. Neither just confirm to... nor deny. Right? right. I would like to neither confirm nor deny that statement. Well played. See, exactly. People who can't see what's happening right now, every time a comment is made <laughs> about a prediction, everyone looks at me. Well, it's because trying... you're working so hard trying not to lose it. I know. It's true. Um, I'm quite excited to... Like, how is she reacting to that prediction? Yeah. Don't play poker, Aaron. I'm very good at poker, Dave. I think you know that. For the record, Aaron is skilled at poker. <laughs> um, And I think that's about all I got on this. So... 
Yeah, some school violence, some hardcore clickiness and social climbing, a little bit of a, you know, social or maybe even socioeconomic commentary. Christian Slater, Winona Ryder. Or John Cusack. Or John Cusack, yeah. Who is it? Which one is it? Well, we're going to find out. Drew, anything else before we start this bad boy? I'm going to predict that our main character is female despite there being male, prominent male characters involved as well. Dave, you may know whether that is the case, but please don't. I don't know. Okay. But I will concur in that prediction. Okay. All right. Cool. I would just like to add an additional challenge for you guys. Okay, doke. I would like you to pick your favorite quote from this movie. Mm, I can do that. Okay. All yes. right. Well, with that, I think it's time that we watch Heathers. Woo! Let's do it. Chick flick. Chick flick. Heather Chandler, Heather McNamara, Heather Duke, Veronica Sawyer. Why are you such a mega brat? Because I can be. The most powerful clique at Westerberg. Not Veronica. Drool much? Most people would die to get into it. Heather number one just looked right at me. I'm worshipped Westerberg, and I'm only a junior. Veronica would kill to get out of it. You were nothing before you met me. You were a Girl Scout cookie. JD has come to answer her prayers. I'm a no-rest build-up man myself. We'll kill her. He's got a way with women. A way with words. Is this as good for you as it is for me? Life can suck! And a very special way with a gun. Veronica can't live with him. Help! I love my dead gay son. And she can't live without him. Does this turn out weak or what? Had at least 70 more people at my funeral. What? Their meeting was destiny. That knife is filthy. What do you think I'm gonna do with it? Take out her tonsils? Their love has a body count. Loved you. It's coming up here to kill you. We're breaking up. Young love. Heathers. Fuck me gently with the chainsaw. And so we're back. Another movie in the can. That's great news. Heathers. Heathers. Huh. Okay. Well, that was certainly something. <laughs> um. All right. I guess we'll start... Going into a little bit of backgroundy stuff just before we launch into the movie proper. So, one thing I discovered in my mild research of this film is that uh, prior to getting the director that they had for the movie, they attempted to get Stanley Kubrick to direct this film. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Could you imagine this movie as directed by Stanley Kubrick? Yes. Yeah, I think actually. so. Me too. I think it would have been better. Mm-hmm. Sure. It had a lot there that I think he could have done a lot with. Yeah. I, I, it would have been interesting to see the uh, Kubrick take on this film. So I just thought that was interesting. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's interesting, too, because uh, Christian Slater takes upon uh, Jack Nicholson, maybe from The Shining, as his inspiration hmm. for the role. Did you read that somewhere? I did read that he... Um, Took inspiration from Jack Nicholson for that role. Just in general, or did he say specifically from The Shining? Or He just said in general, but... Oh, that's interesting. I can see it. I can definitely see it. Um, and we'll get more into him and his performance soon, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lots to say there. Yeah. I do have one note about that. Yes. All right, well, hang on to it for a minute. Uh, first, let's talk about the actual director, which is a man named Michael Lehman. Or Lehman, I'm going to go with Lehman, though. Uh, this is his first ever movie. But uh, he also went on to direct a few other films that we may have seen. Um, Hudson Hawk. I have not seen that. Okay. Neither have I. Airheads. Okay. I can see that. Yep. And uh, the movie 40 Days and 40 Nights with, um, what's his name? Uh, Dime Store Channing Tatum. I don't. I, I know who you're talking about. I think I know this film. I it's do the not. one where they're abstaining. Yeah. Josh Hartnett. That, that's oh, who that is. Oh, Josh Hartnett. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's abstaining from sex for Lent. And somehow that became the plot of an entire Hollywood movie. 
I do remember that movie existing now. This guy's gonna go 40 days and 40 nights without sex. Oh, oh. my god. Wow, make that a full-length feature, please. <laughs> please. Well, lucky for you, they did. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that's the director. Not a ton to say there. I think the directing was pretty... Uh, I don't want to say bad, but I didn't notice anything in particular about it worth commenting on, really. You do seem to have a little bit of an issue with the transition of dream sequences and suspension suspension of disbelief. I did have a a hard time telling the difference between what was real and what was dream sequence and when those dream sequences started. Mm -hmm. I think that was maybe a, a choice. Maybe. But uh, it, ma- it made me uh, a little confused during the course of the film. But, you know, I-, I think we'll get deeper into that, too, when we talk about the movie proper. Let's get into the actors a little bit, though. So, of course, number one, with a bullet, Winona Ryder as Veronica. Hmm. What do we think? Oh, absolutely. I can't picture anyone else doing a better job. She was pretty great. Yeah, this is a, a classic role for her. She's fully... Herself, she's fully Winona Ryder. She's very Winona. She's super Winona. And another fun fact, actually, her agent did not want her to do that movie. Why not? Uh, They said that it would just ruin her career. And she chose to do it anyways. And in fact, one of her uh, classmates from high school had committed suicide the same week that she decided to do the movie. Oh. Hmm. Well, so that's... more fun facts. Yeah, very fun. <laughs> but she was good in the film. I mean, yes, uh, I have I a difficult so. time imagining another actress in that role. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's so Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore um, auditioned for that role. Oh, I, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah, she wouldn't have done as good a job. I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, It'd be too, like, never been kissed, you know? Yeah, sure. Well, speaking of other roles and other people who auditioned, which we'll get to, but... um. Christian Slater as JD. So um, before we started, you weren't sure if it was John Cusack or Christian Slater. Right. So how do you think John Cusack would do in that role? I think he did could have done a good job with it. You think so? I think he would have been okay. I don't really think that that how, role would fit John Cusack. How old would he have been? Do we know? The same age. Yeah? Because he was also doing teen movies at that time. I think John Cusack could have been fine. Christian Slater was great, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John Cusack couldn't have done what Christian Slater did with the I role. agree. I agree. Yeah. He couldn't get dark like that. Well, I suppose this is a good moment to get into my big observation about uh, Christian Slater and his <laughs> performance, which is maybe it's just me, but he came across as being so much like Heath Ledger's Joker from The Dark Knight. Yeah. And I'm talking about, like, the whole package. So the costuming, his physicality, the things he was saying, his plan, like, j- the way that he had that huge smile plastered across his face the whole time, the way he kind of, like, slouched and loomed in that long coat. Like, make that coat purple and add a little bit more, like, maniacal kind of energy to it. And that's, like, Team Joker. Absolutely. Yeah. I can definitely see that. We're going to blow up the school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was a little uncanny, in fact. You can mimic her handwriting, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it just, it was so constant. Every time he came up with it, he had these little, like, hand movements, too, where I could just see it being, like, the Joker coming up with something. He had that monologue about chaos. And- yes, he talks about the chaos. <laughs> yes. It all becomes chaos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he has this one part where was it? They're fighting at the end, and like she beats him up a little bit and has a gun to him. And I just imagine him saying, "Do you think I'd bet the soul of this school on a fist fight with you?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. no. A clean slate for everyone. <laughs> it just works so well. I mean, speaking to the script in general, you just recalled like a very, it, it's very memorable, the script I find. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of lines that stuck out, I think. Just yeah. the satirical nature of the script I thought was really great. Oh, absolutely. And the way a lot of, especially the adults, the way the adults yes. behaved, I think was uh, very heightened yes. and satirical. 
talking about Christian Slater's part, though, uh, and other people who may have been in these parts, Brad Pitt auditioned for that role. Wow. Mm. He was rejected because he came across as, quote, too nice. Okay. Yeah. And they wanted someone who's a little bit more menacing, I guess. He would later go on to be Fight Club. Yeah. Guy. Um, you know. I think Brad Pitt could have done this role, too. I mean, especially a lot of his early work. He um, did a good job inhabiting these kind of like out there, slightly crazy characters. I'm thinking in particular, you got your Tyler Durden, yes, but yes. also like uh, 12 Monkeys. Anyone yep. seen that? I have not seen that. Oh, well, uh, Aaron, he plays a crazy guy in that. Okay. Very well, in fact. It's on. It's high on my list of uh, movies I need to see. Well, I'll put it on the list for this. Maybe I will. We'll get to that. And then, uh, so a few more of our characters. We have Shannon Doherty as Heather. Heather number two, I suppose. Yes, Heather two. I didn't realize she was in this, and I saw her. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Shannon Doherty. Yeah. She was good. Yeah. yeah. And then we- uh, Fun. Yeah. I can give yeah. you some, uh, some more fun facts. Are they actually fun, Erin, or are they depressing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess it depends on your own opinions of Beverly Hills 90210, but- Tori, Oh, no, no. I want to hear this. Tori Spelling actually saw this movie and then- told her dad to hire Shannon Doherty based on her performance in this. So oh. this was actually the reason she was cast in Beverly Hills. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Two one oh. Cool. That's fun. That's fun, right? That's oh, not yeah. depressing. No, not at all. Um, and then I guess lastly, we'll do uh, Kim Walker as Heather Chandler, the main Heather, Heather number one. Yes. She has some very, it's interesting. I mean, her fashion is just so distracting. <sighs> it's not just her fashion. <laughs> the fashion throughout this whole thing, there's, I mean, it's kind of an 80s thing, but it's so strong in this film how all of the characters, the female characters especially, the kids dress like mini adults. Mm-hmm. Like they're all dressed up like they're going to go to work downtown. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's all like severe, you know, collar buttoned, huge shoulder pads. Like, Well, that was what was hip at the time in the 80s. Like that was the pinnacle of fashion at the time right but it takes so much effort like think of what a high school student would have had to do in order to accomplish those looks on their way to school right and the men too like it's all so much clothing like i I feel like there are fashions throughout the years that change and are different and something that seems particular to this era is that it's just a lot of fabric all the dudes have on like so many layers yes and um uh, getting to the fashion too, Christian Slater's outfit. Yeah, very, very trench coat mafia. Yes. Yeah, and man, did they see this movie? Were they consciously trying to ape that look? I don't know. I mean, that is worth uh, investigating. Yeah, because I mean, there's a way in which it looks cool. I guess you know that like all black kind of everyone loves those long black dusters. I mean, who doesn't love? Who a doesn't? Yeah, absolutely. Fucking great. Make me look like Spike all day long. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, he had great hair, too, but uh, that's not something you can just throw on. No. Christian Slater does have amazing hair in this Ugh, movie. To have that hair. Mm. My God. He yes. was he was a hot, hot piece. I was very into him. I had actually had a – I wrote away in one of those celebrity – magazines when i was a kid to get his autograph you wrote a fan letter to christian slater i did and he sent me an autograph picture of him oh my god cool yeah nice do you still have it no i later traded it to another girl so she would like be my friend and (laughs) also be my like you know servant for the week or something yeah it was a it was a bad trade okay it was not a a fair trade did she carry through on the servant part no no, well, not really. Sorry to hear that, although... She's kind of a Heather, you know? Sure. Yeah. Kind of makes you a Heather to have wanted to make that trade in the first place. It's there. true. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, let's look a little bit at our predictions. So, Drew, you didn't really have any other than <laughs> that this would be a rom-com? <laughs> yeah. So, that was uh, not quite correct. Although, there was a relationship that we followed. There was romance the, uh, and there was comedy, dude. Yeah. So, you know... That was uh, essentially be... correct prediction. I believe you said chick flick, not rom com, though. Oh, that's true. I snuck rom com in ironically at the end, but yes, my prediction was actually was chick this flick. is going to be a chick flick. Nailed so, it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> not quite. Yeah. Well, um, for me, 
I guess um, I got I got the casting. I got one and a half, I suppose, for uh, Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. Sure. Um, and then that there would be some violence, less social commentary than I thought there would be. There was some more about like high school dynamics, but I thought perhaps it would be a little bit more like everyone in this is very wealthy. This is yes. clearly like a rich neighborhood. And I thought that there would be more going on with that. Like maybe Winona Ryder came from like a poor family and that influenced her decision making, but that didn't no. turn out to be the case. She might've been the richest one of all. She had the croquet right. set in her backyard for it's, God's sake. I mean, croquet sets, you can't get those unless you're really quite wealthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They check your bank account mm-hmm. when you try to buy one. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually, I guess, brings us to the actual plot of this movie. And the first thing that I noticed was that, um, to me, this is a film that sort of threw you in the deep end and didn't hold your hand at all. Like, a lot of the beats I expected weren't there. So I thought, kind of similar to how Mean Girls worked, was that you'd get a character who was new and then had to be oriented as the audience surrogate. So we'd get that, like, walkthrough of the cafeteria where it's like, over there is Kurt and John, the the jocks, and over there is Steve and Derek, they're nerds, and over there is, like, the unpopular girl. You don't want to hang out with her. You want to hang out with us Heathers. We sit at this – you know, there was no, like, orientation of the school hierarchy. That's fair. I feel like they did show that. but I, I it, mean, you gather it. Yeah, but it's not yeah. laid out for you. you. Yeah, you're more just immersed in that world. Mm-hmm. You're thrown right in and you have to kind of orient yourself as right. you go through. And I respect experience. that. You know, it doesn't yeah. – uh, it doesn't – insult your intelligence yeah it's a it's a it's a good way to approach that it's an it's an alternate option to the more in your face just kind of explained right right introduction yeah it's just go 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 from the very beginning um but another thing that doesn't happen that i was totally expecting was um winona Ryder is one of the popular girls from the very beginning i had thought that she would actually start as an unpopular girl right. and then get adopted and you'd get one of those like she's all that montages where she goes from like a naughty to a hottie. Mm-hmm. You know, they change her wardrobe, they change her look and she gets pretty and cool. And in fact, that is what happened to her. They keep alluding to the fact that yeah, she was a loser. Yeah, they talk about it. Right. And it's they adopted like the prequel. her. But, but it's not part of the plot that we experience. It's like some historic event from before the period that we're following during the course of the film right we never see it happen and in fact most of the plot of the movie is her moving backwards like back towards that like she's reached the top she doesn't like what she sees up there and so it's all about finding her way back to being an unpopular girl who can still live with herself Mm -hmm. which i thought was interesting yeah that's her journey yeah so you know some surprises in there along the way what was the most surprising for you for the plot gosh Well, did you know it was about suicide at all? I did not. Okay. I knew that there would be killings, Mm -hmm. but I didn't expect them to be uh, framing them as suicides and to have the idea of teen suicide being such a like major plot point Mm -hmm. was something I did not expect. Something, I mean, like that's what I think the core concept of the movie is what happens when the kids who have everything commit suicide and then making suicide cool cool yeah mm. taking that away from like the the kids that actually do suffer right from, i think that's sort of at the core of the idea of the movie yeah you get these parts later on where the cool kids sort of devalue genuine suicide attempts by less right. cool people because like oh well she's just trying to follow the crowd exactly mm. it's like what the hell and <laughs> there is even there's one very sad part that doesn't get followed up on, which is that the third Heather, the cheerleader Heather who does try to genuinely kill herself, mm-hmm. she like calls into the show, uh, this show called um, Hot Probs <laughs> <laughs> on the radio. Yeah. You guys didn't listen to Hot Probs going up? up? <laughs> I, if we'd only had it, my goodness, what an awesome idea for a show. Tune in for Hot Probs. Yeah. But, you know, she talks about, like, real shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, she's like, my friend killed herself. Her parents are getting divorced, right? Her parents are getting divorced. Um, she has the, bad grades. The last person she had sex with killed him the next himself, himself the next day. Yeah. Like, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. And then she actually tries to kill herself. And Winona Ryder stops her. But it doesn't get followed up on whether or not she winds up being okay. 
That's true. I thought that was actually kind of the most emotionally uh charged moment. Yeah, it was what hit me the hardest. It was where I mm. felt the most engaged by like a real emotion mm-hmm. was this this girl's problems because she is one of the popular girls, but I don't know. The actress does a good job of conveying a real sense of like confusion and sure, yeah, you know, being upset. So I also want to touch back on my prediction that this would be a movie that's maybe just speaks to girls more than boys in that. Okay. Uh, so we get that opening song. <laughs> I knew you guys were going to give me shit for that. Yeah. Um, the upbeat opening music, which has the lyrics like, when I was just a little girl. Like, I mean, it doesn't, it's just, it's Kesara. You guys know the song Kesara. Uh, Had you not heard that song before, Dave? I didn't listen to the radio until I was like 15. I feel like it's... Kesara, Sara, whatever will be, will be. be. The future's not ours to see. Uh, you, all right. I just, I thought that Dave lived in the world, I guess. No, I not, guess in, not until I was like know. 15 years old. I grew- so you have like an, another like 20 years where you just know nothing? I grew up in a box. Okay. Uh-huh. So I don't know. And then like- your adult life is also in, in a box. Well, but that's by choice. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I poked my head out, saw what the world looked like, and I was like, okay, back to the box. Okay, yeah. but, uh, but you have heard that song before. Yeah, yeah. I, sure. I have. One other thing that I did not realize would be the case with this movie is that they're called the Heathers because they're all named Heather. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see that coming We out. did not have that as a prediction before going into the movie. Well, fun thing that we did uh, during one of the breaks, uh, there's actually a famous Australian pop punk rock band called right. the Veronicas. Cool. Based on that one line, are you a Heather? No, I'm a Veronica. Right on. So that's kind of like an iconic statement. Although I do find it kind of funny that they refer to themselves as the most powerful clique in school. Why? I guess because um, it doesn't come into play until a little bit later, but there winds up being this whole kind of like Game of Thrones-ish power struggle that happens in the school where Christian Slater gets uh, Shannon Doherty, Heather. Oh, yeah, to, he's like, totally Littlefinger. Yeah. He's Littlefinger. Yeah, exactly. Her. Yeah. <laughs> She's like Lord Baelish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he sits her down. He, like, invites her to the uh, the empty chem class, which might as well be his brothel. Yeah. And he's like, I have this damaging information on you. <laughs> yeah. Should this get out, Lord Slater? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would ruin me. It doesn't have to get out if you do exactly as I say. Are you trying to blackmail me? I want your power. <laughs> right. That's how he put... I, I can't tell. Is he Lord Baelish or the Joker? It's like... Why can't he be both? It's true. Yeah. They are pretty similar. Lord Baelish is a little more... Uh, put together. Yeah. He's more of a Riddler. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, oh, Aaron, uh, pretty much right off the bat was the line, I thought stood out the most which was the very charming fuck me gently with a chainsaw yeah that's one of my favorites oh yeah yeah fuck me gently with a chainsaw <laughs> just the way she says it it's so illustrative mm-hmm. there's also a reference to uh someone calls the nerds the geek squad and i was like i wonder if that's where the term comes where from they came up with it mm. yeah or are they like consciously referencing that movie when they came up with it could be oh my god <laughs> This is more like a real high school moment, but there's that calf prank in the beginning. So they establish right off the bat that Winona Ryder is good at uh, forging people's handwriting, right? which comes into play later. But they do it to perform this cruel prank on the girl. What was her name again? Martha Dumbtruck. Uh, <laughs> that's so her mean. actual last name is Dumbtruck. Oof. Yeah, but that's how she's referred to in the movie. I don't know what... Well, anyway, it it is incredibly mean, but also it seems to be pretty par for high school. Do you think that would have happened in our high school experience? I mean, that thing basically literally happened during our middle school experience. I don't know if it came. Oh, do you not remember that? I do not. All right. We'll talk about that off air. Uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, we went to school with some very mean people, mm. as are uh, depicted in this movie. Do you feel like we had some rams and... Well, I forget the other guy's name. I feel like we had more of those guys than not those guys. I thought it was, I mean, I can I just say I like the moment in the funeral for the football guys when the father's like, I don't care. 
<laughs> you were gay. I don't care. My son's a homosexual. I love my get my dead gay son. <laughs> I love my dead gay son. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, it's kind of a nice. <laughs> in, in point of fact, that is part of the best joke in the movie, I think, which is that uh, Christian Slater's like, I picked up a bunch of stuff that we can lay around them to make people think that they're gay, including this mineral water. <laughs> Winona Ryder's like, what do you mean mineral water? He's like, well, it's Ohio. If you're drinking mineral water, you're probably gay. And she's like, whatever. And then the cops come and they're like, it looks like we have two gay children here. And he's like, how do you know? And he holds up the mineral water. He's like, look at this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they line yeah. that up so well. Yeah, and also, I mean, it, honestly, it wouldn't be an 80s film without some gay panic jokes. Yeah. Oh, and another 80s thing, which I know comes up a lot, uh, everyone smoking. Oh, right. Yeah, there was a lot of cigarette smoking. Including by the children. Right. Yes. But I did appreciate in Christian Slater's performance that he actually smoked the cigarettes. Mm. You read that? No, I just, in watching it, so a pet peeve of mine is that in movies or TV shows where people are smokers, very often it is obvious that they don't actually smoke. So like in the X-Files, for instance, there's a character mm -hmm. called the cigarette smoking man. Mm -hmm. He holds cigarettes wrong. He holds them like a joint. And he does this thing that uh, this is what gives it away with basically everyone else who's supposed to be smoking, which is that he doesn't actually inhale he just pulls the smoke into his mouth and then puffs it back out. And the way the smoke looks, you can just tell like this person hasn't inhaled what right. they're doing. Like, whereas Christian Slater is actually someone who's inhaling what he's smoking. And it's obvious that either he smokes or he has smoked and he knows how to make it look real. So I just appreciated that. Hmm. I don't know. It's just a pet peeve and something sure. I notice constantly in movies and TV. The people on Mad Men were good at looking like they really smoked. Yeah. No, that's true. So also... <laughs> Bring it back to that um, kind of trench coat mafia comment. Christian Slater's first scene in the movie, he whips a gun out in school. Yep. And it's not even a big it's deal. It's not a big deal. That that's I mean that and that sets the tone. This is mm -hmm. early on in the film, so this is when we this this scene I think like really sets the tone and gives you a sense of what you're in for. Right. For the film. And exactly. Then, like yeah, the next scene, it's like. There's no outcry. He There's doesn't even just, get detention. They're just making fun of the guys for having wet themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he pulls the trigger and fires blanks. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be a huge deal. Of course, now. but I think it's, you know, and I do think that it's probably a huge deal then too, but what that scene establishes is that this movie is fantastical. Like, it's going to be an exaggerated reality. Mm -hmm. Right. And, like, everyone's reactions to that happening hold true throughout the film. Like, everyone's reaction is very, like, arch. Yes. Yeah. The the way the teachers respond to it, everyone's kind of playing a type and looking yeah. to see how this can benefit my personal thing right. at the school. Right. I was impressed with her use of myriad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the drama teacher wanting to get the kumbaya moment in. Did we, are we sure she was a drama teacher? They keep calling her a hippie, but I could never figure out what her actual job was. That's true. They don't, I they assumed don't necessarily... she was a theater teacher. But... Yeah, it seemed, it seemed that way, but they don't really tell you explicitly. Right. Also, um, so we're heading up to our first kill now where they poison Heather one. But uh, one thing that stood out to me just leading up to that too, and I, I guess this is another fashion comment. Mm. Winona Ryder <laughs> wears... A fucking monocle. Yes, oh, she wears a monocle. Yes. I couldn't believe it. I have never seen a monocle in the wild. Yeah. And, <laughs> and That's the name of my new band. Monocle, monocle in, in the, the wild. wild. Yes. It's a great name. I love it. Mm -hmm. What kind of music do you play? That's something I'm going to have to think about. But... Hip-hop, electro, punk. Right. Oh, I was going to say old-timey jazz, but uh, maybe that's too on the nose. It might be too on the nose. Mm. It has to have... Too obvious, yeah. Yeah. I'll get back to you. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Wh why? It really seems counterproductive when she's wearing it, too. She's like... It just seems like, the, all just like all the fashion statements, it's, it's all just accessories. Just as many different weird accessory notes as you can hit. The better off. I think it's yeah. also, uh, yeah, I think it's also adds to the fantastical 
they kind of just do ridiculous things, whatever they want in this movie. Maybe, yeah. but it's like, you know, all the other fashion stuff is kind of like, well, that's just 80s fashion. This was something that stood out as like, this is something a 2014 Williamsburg hipster would be rocking. Mm-hmm. Right. Probably because they were inspired by this movie where they're like, <laughs> oh my God, my favorite movie growing up was Heather's and I've always wanted to rock a monocle just like Winona Ryder. Yep. So I will now while I ride my unicycle down fucking Bedford Avenue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But anyway, so that was something I knew. Was, Why would you ever wear a monocle? They're so pointless. They are so pointless. Unless you have bad vision in only one in eye. only one eye, which could have been the case for this character. I mean, I don't maybe. think so. I think I never saw any evidence of that. That's true. It's she more seemed just... to have good sight for most of the film. <laughs> she does seem to have. And of course, they missed the opportunity for her to get surprised and have it fall out of her <laughs> eye. Right. That's true. That That's was a missed point. opportunity. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, just another fun thing. She didn't even wear it to the Remington party. The Remington party. Pretty cool party, guys. Right. The coolest. All the all the dudes in this movie are pretty much creeps. I think we can safely say that. Yep. Yeah. And it's especially true with those college guys who are desperately trying to pressure those high school girls and having sex with them. Oh my god, there's one line that's like, I just want to get laid. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't know who they think. I mean, it's it's very ridiculous. It's yeah. like camp. Yeah, but that's even like one of the less creepy things he does. Like earlier than that, he is like getting way up in her space when she clearly doesn't want it. Right? Oh, I know. I'm just sort of like, whoa. Well, you know, it was the 80s, man. That's just how it was done. I guess so. Christian Slater is also pretty aggressive at points with Winona Ryder's character. My goodness, oh, yes. yes. And I do like I do like to know that they were dating during the making and- well, they did have actually movie. very good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought so, too. The scene in the car where they're arguing with each other after they kill the jocks, I thought was really good for their, like, back and forth. Like, it was rapid fire, like, you know, biff bang. It was almost like Aaron Sorkin-ish. Mm, I see that. I can see that. Aaron Sorkin-ish, but also they were saying things that I could believe a high school student was saying and not someone who, like, had an encyclopedia in their brain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was a little surprised by uh, how quickly Heather died from drinking that shit. Again, right. you just have to suspend your disbelief. A little yes, bit. exactly. That's the, the kind yeah. of world you're in. It's all you know. You can imagine that it's strong enough poison too, where it's just it's like Drano, right? It's, that is what it was. It was some kind of liquid. How hammer. fast would drinking Drano kill you? Certainly not that fast. Should we try right now? Yeah, let's test right now. Yeah. <laughs> Should we call over another friend? Do we know any other people? We got Drew here. Okay, yeah. I'm fine with that. Well, we have to find a friend who hasn't drunk liquid Drano before. I'm sorry, you have drunk liquid Drano before? I just presumed that everyone here had. Okay, well, Drew's tolerance will be too high. We'll have to find someone else. Okay. <laughs> Another note that I liked about Heather, there there were a lot of small backgroundy details or like tossed off lines that I loved in this. Like mm-hmm. one background detail I loved is that in Heather One's death scene, she had the Cliff's notes to the bell jar. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what gave him the idea. Oh, was it? Because, yeah, the bell jar is about suicide. Or no, I'm sorry, written by, I actually have not read The Bell Jar, but it's written by Sylvia Plath, who killed herself. Sylvia Plath killed herself? She did. But mm-hmm. her, her work is so upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah, that is a fun point. Yeah. Little, there's a lot of little gems like that. Her characterization is very strong. Yeah. It is such a Heather thing to do. Such a Heather thing to do. I also liked that the, uh, so at her funeral, uh, the priest- Kind of echoing how people would respond to this movie once the Columbine shootings happened. The priest blames MTV for her death. MTV the, video yes. games. Oh, the that's MTV right. yes. video games. It's very important. Too. Right. He gets it wrong, too, which is even better. Yep. You know, I, I think back to that hysteria that was going on back then. And this this movie came up a lot in those discussions. And having seen it now, I completely understand yeah. why. Right. Of course. Again, I think it is absolutely ludicrous that you would point to violence in movies or video games as a cause for violence in real life. That's Mm -hmm. really dumb. But if you're going to point to a movie, (laughs) this is the one you pick. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it was controversial. Even at the time? At the time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about that actually a little bit later. But it just, it, it, it occurred, I mean, you know, especially those early scenes where he pulls the gun out at the school. So- 
Winona Ryder is an intelligent young woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I should say Veronica. The character is an intelligent young woman. I don't know if Winona yes, Ryder. Yes, particularly. She's like a she's a genius. Yeah, they mentioned that she was kind of a prodigy. She um, was supposed to be skipped ahead. Right. But despite that, when her boyfriend tells her that these are fake bullets that will just make them bleed a little bit but not kill them, so they'll look like they're dead, but they'll just be asleep, she believes that. There's different types of intelligence, Dave. Right. She's lacking in street smarts is yes. what you're saying. Yeah. And anytime, I mean, that's that's also, again, that's the world that this movie exists in. Right. Okay. Fair enough. I just, I, I had never heard of bullets like that. Oh, you hadn't? No. I, I really haven't heard of those uh, fake, just knock them unconscious bullets. He mm. could have called them tranquilizers. The, he did. And he they're from World did. War II. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All those times we just knocked the Nazis out. Yeah. To take him captive later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that scene in Saving Private Ryan. Yep. We can't kill them because that would make us as bad as them. I like where your head's at. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that being said, I think the second kill is very fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Those, getting those two guys, running them down, shooting them in his skivvies. Pretty funny. And then those two dumb cops. Yes. The whole, like, double suicide yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, so on the one hand, there's the fact that it just buys more into the gay panic mm-hmm. to have them be set up this way after death. I imagine the idea is that you're sort of ho- hoisting them on their own homophobic petard by, like, mm-hmm. showing them to be in death the thing they would have most feared or disrespected in life. Right. Nonetheless, I think maybe there's something a little distasteful about it. Sure. But, you I know. I mean, it was the 80s, though. Right. Where, again, nothing was more hilarious than being gay. Right. I mean, we haven't even hit the peak of, like, early 90s Adam Sandler movies yet, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a ways to go on that. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. But uh, I also did appreciate someone said about them that they had nothing to offer the school but date rape and AIDS jokes. Mm-hmm. That was a great line. Yeah, I knew plenty of people like that. So I, I really felt it. Mm-hmm. I could empathize quite mm-hmm. well. And, you know, speaking of those murders, where is Christian Slater getting all these guns? I don't know. His psycho dad? His, his dad's like a construction guy. Like His dad is a psycho, though. I think Clearly, that was... yes. And that's like barely touched on, too. His dad just kind of like wanders in, says insane things, and wanders out. And there's really nothing ever like... Well, they have an interesting parent dynamic. Sure. Because that's uh, something that's explored in the movie overall, right? Well, it's shown that they have this established way of interacting where they call each other by like, it's like, hey, dad, hey, son, with it flipped. Right. Yeah. So it's good for characterization showing that like they have these lives that they've clearly been living off screen and they're like real characters who exist beyond just to be in the movie. But I I think there's a lot in this movie where they, they... show for a moment something slightly more interesting going on but don't choose to follow it up very much Mm. right i think the point of showing the father being a psycho is just to show where he gets it gets it yeah Mm -hmm. and where he gets access to all of the certainly the explosives at the end right the guns though i'm just like because i mean like they keep like leaving them behind places and then he just has more later hmm that's another just product of this fantastical world, honestly. Right. Well, but, yeah, I mean. It's America. It's not that fantastical, I guess. Yeah. Guns, 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 guns. Everybody. Everybody guns, guns now. Guns, guns, everybody guns now. <laughs> right. That's the first track of uh, Monocle in the Wild. Oh, uh, yes. It's our first hit. Everybody guns now. Yeah. Everybody guns now. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, all right. I can see some. Maybe you guys can come on as backup singers. Cool, nice. Um. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, you know, the movie continues on. More deaths pile up. He co- it comes time that he wants to blow up the school. Yep. She fakes her own death in order to hear his plan. Her mom walks in, gets momentarily startled, <laughs> and then turns out she's fine. And then nothing really comes of that either. I would be like, "What is this Harold Maude bullshit you're pulling with uh- me?" Good good reference. Thank you. But like, did she get grounded for that? It's like, you are grounded. Why? For faking your own suicide when there's been a rash of suicides <laughs> everywhere. And we just tried to have an intervention with you about not committing suicide. <laughs> <laughs> you scared your mother. 
Like, yeah, there were no such consequences. No. Just kind of brushed aside. Well, that's the kind of parents they are. Just laid back. Servants She's like, oh, I should have allowed you to do that thing you wanted to do. I should have given you more pate. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. exactly. What was with the pate? I don't know. No, it's it's a thing. It's because they're rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. pate, the croquet. Great pate, the but I got a motor. Oh, that. <laughs> Yeah, and so and then finally we get to the end of the movie. She defeats the Joker in battle, and uh, she blows his middle finger off, which is fun. That That's is right. fun, right? He actually chooses to blow himself up, which That's is true. a very Jokery thing to do. Yeah, yeah, it is. She winds up covered in what I guess are his ashes. Yeah, not not a lot of blood and guts like you'd think there would be. Right. Um, those probably just got blown in the other direction. Yeah, right. they're like of if you pa- if you pan to the parking lot, that's where like the that's rib all cage the guts is. is. Yeah, <laughs> that's where all the guts are. Yeah, it's like his head landed on the uh, school bus, right? Yeah, and then they she just goes on. Yeah, she goes on to be friends with Martha Dumptruck, which is nice. Which is nice. Yeah, that's cool. Although I will say, what I will say about the nerds in this movie, quote unquote nerds, yeah. uh, with Betty. Betty never comes back. She doesn't wind up uh, rekindling with Betty. She, yeah, they rekindle. For a minute, yeah. They come over, she comes over to play croquet and whatever. Right, right. but Betty doesn't but come back at the end. Yeah, they're very, I don't know, kind of very one-dimensional, though. Like, yeah. The way she talks, she's like, thanks, Betty. Like, I feel like she's talking to her like a developmentally delayed child, and I kind of feel like that's how she talks to Martha Dumpstruck, too. Hmm. Just a small observation. I don't know. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, especially with Betty, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she knows Betty. With Martha, it's more kind of like you can feel maybe it's just like we've never talked before. So she's like being very gentle. It's the only thing she says. Yeah. Yeah. She only speaks at the end. Yeah. It's her only line, I think, Mm -hmm. through the whole movie. Mm -hmm. But yeah, with Betty, she is also like that. But, you know, Betty is also maybe not developmentally challenged, but seems (laughs) a little fragile. Yeah. Very like a young person for her age well not only that but like shy mm-hmm. you know like easily wounded if uh winona rider wasn't you know careful right who right. wants to be friends with someone like that well i don't know i mean maybe she has a lot to offer in other ways Aaron. why you gotta be so goddamn judgmental i don't know i'm just saying you're like a Heather. Oh, my God. I haven't <laughs> found someone in that school that I would like to be friends with. Oh, my God, Veronica. Why would you even want to be friends with someone like that? <laughs> she wears glasses when all the cool kids are wearing monocles. <laughs> <laughs> she plays croquet bad, and you had the chance to beat her, and you didn't. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, what does she say in the beginning that Heather one says? Like, you got if you want to fly, you got to – I forget the exact line. Oh, yeah, or, or something about being an eagle. If you want to be an eagle, you got to fly or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Well. If you want to fuck with the eagles, you better learn to fly or something. Yeah. Well, Heather 1 flew a little too close to the sun, mm-hmm. as it turned out. Yep. Yeah, that's what you get, bitch. That's what you get. So, all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about this movie after it came out. So. The film earned $177,000 in its opening weekend. It grossed about $1.1 million in the United States on a $3 million budget. So it was a flop. Yep. It did, however, develop a cult following on VHS after that. Woo! Yeah. And that's kind of the circumstances that I'd always heard about it as like a cult hit, something that like people were passing around on VHS especially a yep. lot. You know, it's like, oh, have you seen this movie? Nope. You gotta check it out, and then like call of mine happened, and it was like, oh, can I, can I watch that movie? Nope, nobody's got that anymore. Nope, yep. <laughs> Sorry, just gonna have to watch happy movies for a while. Right. There's frequently been talk of trying to make a sequel to it, but it hasn't come together yet. What would that even be about? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, how would you guys imagine Heather's two? I guess it's Veronica's friendship with Martha Dumptruck. Yeah. Or um, Martha's. <laughs> and then it's like a crossover with Handmaid's Tale. I don't know. Oh my god, that's <laughs> hilarious! Like Martha is actually one of the founding members of Gilead. Yeah, exactly. and Veronica finds herself like in the June position, and Martha's like, "I did this to show you, you bitch. You're always being so mean to me." I knew you wrote that note. My God, <laughs> <laughs> call me Serena Joy from now on. <laughs> Christian, bitch. Christian Slater losing his finger fits in nicely with that too. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Christian Slater didn't die. He comes back. Maybe. It is we a, never world, see a, body. a fantastical world. 
Well, if he's the Joker, then he follows comic book rules, which is that if you don't see a body, they're not dead. Mm -hmm. Right. That's true. Or even comic book rules where if you do see a body, it's probably- It's probably not dead. It's a clone even. Yeah. 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 We can write some kind of- explanation of this yeah yeah we can we can figure it a out a wizard did it a wizard, a did, wizard it. did it it was a dream brilliant write it down <laughs> <laughs> there was an off-broadway musical in 2010 based on the movie called heathers oh i feel like that's something that could translate into being a play very easily actually yeah, yeah. i kind of like to see a heathers musical i would t- definitely see that they also have frequently tried to take it to TV and turn it into a TV series, but that also mm. hasn't happened yet. I don't think that it would translate well as a TV show. No. Like, it's too... One season, maybe? Maybe. Like, as a self-contained single, like, miniseries? Yeah, because I feel like the, it's a very climactic movie. Like, it has a very particular point. Right. Well, I think, you know, talking about The Handmaid's Tale, you get this thing where, like, The Handmaid's Tale was well positioned to just cover the book and just, you know, season one kind of, I mean, it wasn't a perfect adaptation, but season one kind of ends around where the book ends. Yeah. Season two starts being all new material. And I mean, I, I speak only for myself when I say season two doesn't feel as good. It doesn't, it feels a little, um, out in the like out in the abyss a little bit like they're not quite sure what they're planning on doing right. that being said i still liked it very much right especially the first three episodes but i know that's a different podcast yeah so welcome back to handmaid's tale talk <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to gabin about gilead with uh, aaron and dave drew what do you think of the uh, latest intrigue okay sorry um gabin about gilead yeah spin-off podcast so um <laughs> In terms of what people thought of the movie, it has currently a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Here's what the pros had to say about it. This is Dessen Thompson of the Washington Post, and this is a contemporary review. Wickedly funny. In fact, Heathers may be the nastiest, cruelest fun you can have without actually having to study law or gird leather products. If movies were food, Heathers would be a cynic's chocolate binge. Mm. Okay. I can, I can kind of get behind that. Yeah. Roger Ebert gave the film 2.5 stars out of four, wrote that the film is a morbid comedy about peer pressure in high school, about teenage suicide, and about the deadliness of cliques that not only exclude, but also maim and kill. A little too accurate. Right. Well, like, you know. Thank you for giving us the plot, Roger Ebert. Hey, he was the best in the business. Was he? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Are you talking smack on Roger Ebert? I'm just saying that was a little on the nose, that description. Get out of here, Aaron. <laughs> You're not welcome anymore. Okay. Martha, dump truck out of here. That's fine. I'll, <laughs> you're the only female you know can leave and you can continue this podcast. There's been a lot of kind of broader social commentary on the movie. Uh, people like to look at it as part of this series of films in the 80s and 90s that were kind of obsessed with youth narratives and culture wars, like as in like high school culture conflict, the conflicts of high school as being kind of central to the American experience. Mm-hmm. All that, Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting juxtaposition to all the like Molly Ringwald movies of the 80s and the John Cusack movies of the 80s. It's very different from that. Yeah, this is sort of like it's a John Hughes movie by way of uh, Todd Salon's. I don't know who Todd Salons is. He did like Welcome to the Dollhouse. Okay, huh. then yes. It's just, it's it's like those movies through a mirror darkly, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's the brutal underside of those mm-hmm. like, you know, John Hughes movies are about like the happy rich conflicts where it's like the terrible things are like, I won't get a date to prom or like no one noticed my birthday. Right. And this is all the same thing, but it's like, I didn't get a date to prom, so I'm going to murder that bastard. Right. No one noticed my birthday, so I'm going to kill myself. Right. I kind of appreciate it for taking it there. It's, I mean, yeah, it's different from that general 80s high school movie. Yeah, indeed. This is a quote from uh, Christine Hubbard, who had this to say about the movie. Teens don't really want to change the world. They just want to feel that they have had some say in its construction. Heather's ends with Veronica's establishment, not of a school social structure devoid of hierarchy, but of a kinder, gentler monarchy with the protagonist in charge. 
I like that. Yeah, I think that, that that's accurate. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's what the pros had to say. But now it comes time for us, the random internet people, to have our say sure. <laughs> about the movie. Drew, let's start with you. Final uh, final thoughts about the movie Heather's. Well, certainly not anything like what I might have expected <laughs> going in. Uh, a worthwhile film to check out for sure. Entertaining, somewhat bizarre, but uh, a good uh, satire on high school drama. A good period piece for the late 80s in terms of the fashion. and Yes, definitely. You know, what we saw there. It is interesting to reflect on this film in the context of, you know, different influences on, uh, I mean, this came out before any of these school shootings mm-hmm. were a thing. So it's it's interesting to kind of look at a film like this and, and think about that as uh, something you know, on the horizon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the fact that it would inevitably come into play in all these conversations about how the arts and what they depict do or don't influence mm-hmm. it's a good people's point to actions. Think yeah. Well, for me, I enjoyed the movie, although given its reputation as being kind of a dark high school comedy with like a little bit of violence and a little bit of like outre humor, I sort of expected to like it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That kind of setup as i described is very much in my wheelhouse i i like dark humor and i especially like it in a a high school setting which is very ripe for being heightened you know you look at something like right. buffy the vampire slayer where it's all of these like high school concerns but heightened to the nth degree by giving them these like ridiculous a hellmouth <laughs> a hellmouth and like fucking demons yeah. right and i i sort of expected to come out of it loving it but i didn't um Not to say that I didn't like it, because I did like it. But I also, I guess, I had a bit of an issue with it. It felt, as a movie, a little scattershot. There is a narrative through line, but it feels like it doesn't follow it relentlessly, if that makes sense. Like, it kind of takes its time to get into all this side stuff that is interesting and in its way satirically fun but doesn't keep the plot moving and occasionally i got confused as to the significance of some stuff that was happening and like where's this plot going ultimately so you know it was kind of the plot was vaguer than i thought it would be okay yeah the acting was good a lot of jokes made me laugh out loud but ultimately i would say not quite as fun or funny as I thought it was going to be. So the question then is. Yes. Do you think it was <laughs> like, what's the name of your podcast? <laughs> All right. I'll take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back outside and walk my cat back yeah, home. You, you can go. <laughs> well, I guess before we do that, though, Aaron, do you want to offer any last thoughts on it? Have, seeing it again as a fan. So I would say that, yeah, I you know, I think I've outgrown this movie a little bit. Hmm. It was definitely something that was different and subversive, um, and in my opinion, just so quotable from college specifically. Stop pulling my dick. Yeah. <laughs> why you? Why you gotta be pulling my dick? And just you know, in general, it'll be very. Yeah, it's so very. It's so very. Stop being so very. <laughs> um. So yeah, I would just say that I think I have outgrown it a little bit. I definitely see the flaws you're talking about. But it definitely holds a place in my sort of um, young adulthood. Totally. You know, from ages like 18 to 20, early 20s. Sure. And yeah, I am reminded of why that's true as well. So Cool. So Drew, I'm going to ask you the question. <laughs> that is the title of the podcast you're on, Aaron. <laughs> Was this movie better late or never? Uh, certainly better late. I'm glad that I've seen it. I'm, I feel like I was missing a piece of an important, it feels culturally relevant and something that I'm glad I've seen now. Yeah. Okay. Well, keeping in mind that the question is intended to elicit 
an idea that this movie is critical in some way and that better late means that uh, my life is uh, improved by having seen this film. It, it was a critical movie I needed to get under my belt, never being more that if I never saw it, that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. So defining it that way, and I guess my... Does someone need to ask you, Dave? No, that's fine. I'm just kind of laying the groundwork. Okay. I can do it now. Oh, do you want to take another crack at it? <laughs> yeah. All right. Lead on. So, so, Dave, what do you think? Was it better late or never? Well, Aaron, I think <laughs> I may have given away the game a little bit when <laughs> describing my overall feelings for the film. I am going to say never for this movie. Ouch. I did like it. I mm-hmm. don't want to say that I don't. But I think that if I went the rest of my life without having seen it, that'd be fine. Like, I feel like everything I need to know about this movie in order to take part in the broader cultural conversation I already knew. But so, what about those shoulder pads? Did you know about those shoulder pads? I mean, look, I've seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, so I'm familiar with shoulder pads. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say never. Okay. All right. Well, that's our podcast for this week. I'm going to say thank you to Drew for stopping by. Thanks, Dave. And I'm going to say thank you to Aaron for uh, for just dropping in while walking your cat. Yeah. It's been a very, very polite animal, not scratching or meowing or anything like that. It's true. I, a very quiet cat. She, she's on a lot of drugs. I give her a lot of drugs. My God. <laughs> and uh, I... I'm happy for all of you people to come along on this journey with us. So we'll catch you next time. Great pate, but I got a motor. (laughs) (laughs) Way to work it in. Bye. Thanks. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said. To me.